Shut up, I love it. Sasha, we gotta go out and have some fun. So I'm thinking maybe Melody Lounge, that could be pretty fun. They've got a they've got some good deals. Maybe we go over to Good Times at Davy Wayne's or you know what? LAX, baby. Shut up, I love it. I'm Joe Cabello, the one and only, and I'm here with Sasha Filer. And I have to say this sounded like a pretty bad like in, like intro. I don't but even then like it got- that you're <laughs> saying that but go ahead <laughs> but then it got good when you was like LAX baby you gave away everything but I, I still well, that's thought the, that's how a punchline works like imagine if someone yeah. said a joke like a yeah you said knock knock who's there mm-hmm. the knock knock part not very uh, interesting or fun but once you got to the who was behind the door that was good I don't think that's fair I don't think what you said is fair what is Shut Up, I Love It, Joe? I'll let you redeem yourself. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I don't feel unredeemed, but or whatever the word is for that, but I'll do it regardless. Shut Up, I Love It, we bring on a great guest to talk about something they love. That's love with a L-O-V-E or L-U-V, whichever you prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, that is otherwise hated, misunderstood, <laughs> unknown, or anything like that. And we talk about it and we get the love swirling around. Again, you kind of saved it at the end. (laughs) 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 All right. Joining us today, all right, she's a writer, an army veteran, a mother to a beautiful dog named Stevie, and Taurus with Pisces Rising. Anything Pisces related is very exciting. Yeah, and Taurus, right, Joe? Hello, Taurus right here with, uh, I think I'm Aries (laughs) Rising. Welcome, Rachel Brandt. Hello. It's so good to be here, guys. Well, it's good to, have, here. good to have the bull squad over here. <laughs> Tauruses like love meeting other Tauruses. It's true. Yes, I totally. I love a fellow Taurus anytime. Are we here talking about Tauruses or is there anything we else? Might, we might end up <laughs> doing that. What are we talking about, Rachel? Yeah, so I'm here to t- today to talk about airport bars. Oh, airport bars. That's why the LAX talk in the beginning of this recording. Now it all makes sense. Oh, wow. It's redeemed. And what a tourist thing <laughs> to be interested in. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but it is very much up the tourist alley to kind of be into the, the airport bar scene. Yeah, some right, indulgences and whatnot. Let's yeah. dive in. First of all, why is it a perfect topic for Shut Up, I Love It? Yeah, so I think airport bars probably fall into the underappreciated category mm. for Shut Up, I Love It. Um, I think people think of them as they're, they've got expensive drinks, they have terrible atmosphere, they're crowded, they're loud. It's really not the place you would choose to go. I get that. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> if you if you really open your heart to it, you can see that it is this liminal space between where you're coming from and where you're going. And it's really unique in that sense, almost metaphysical. Can I just say that I'm convinced that by the end of this episode, both of us, Joe, 
and whoever else is listening to this episode, like our podcast, period, like, you know, whoever else is listening, they're going to be convinced. Like, Rachel is going to convince us. Can I just say, Rachel, that you are also a lawyer, like you, like, right? Can I say that? Yeah. That like, yeah. So that's you're totally g- legal. It's totally legal. You're a writer. You're a lawyer. Like, you are going to convince us into loving the hell out of those airport bars. Joe, what's your familiarity with this subject? So I do like an airport bar because once you're traveling, I mean, it's kind of like all responsibilities go away a lot of the times. (laughs) Um, So it's perfectly fine to have some drinks. Um, And I kind of take it as that permission to like sometimes drink when you when it's not the right time or whatnot. Um, So I think they are. I'm glad they're there. If they didn't exist, I'd be pissed. Um, And that goes for anything. I recently went to my wife's graduation, her Mm -hmm. master's degree graduation. Shout out. Elementary school. (laughs) God damn it. Terrible. That Uh, that is illegal. Yeah. yeah, Thank you for your legal (laughs) advice. I have a couple other scenarios to run by you, but I'm pretty sure they're also illegal, (laughs) but we'll see. Um, But they had, it was at an event space and there was, um, you know, the uh, kiosks or whatever, concession stands, but they weren't functioning. And I was like, it's 9am at a graduation. We need to have some beers. And if I was at the airport, that would have been happening. So I think I'll go to a pilot's graduation or something, and maybe that'll be better. But yeah, I, I'm into them. Um, we could talk more in depth. But Sasha, as a traveler, a world traveler. Mm. Yes, I am. Uh, not like since I moved to America, really. <laughs> but yes, I am a world traveler. Um, I have to say, first of all, I don't like traveling. Um it's stressful. Like the, 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 the part of moving from point A to point B is very stressful for me, especially if it involves planes, not happy. We're not happy. Mm-hmm. We don't like flying. We don't like turbulences. We are very, very upset. Me, me either, but I feel that is different, yeah, than the airplane yeah. bar or airport bar. Right. So what I'm saying, though, because of the fear of the airplanes, airport bars are good excuse to drink because i don't really drink but when i'm like choosing between a xanax that was prescribed to me by a psychiatrist and a drink i'm like well drink is gonna do less damage and then it becomes a few drinks and all that stuff so um yeah familiar still like remember a few of them yeah yeah sasha i agree with you i actually think that was my introduction to my love of airport bars was being a nervous flyer Nervous flyer, mm. fellow nervous flyers in this room. There are three of us. Yeah. Although I've I've evolved past that. I think I'm pretty <gasps> much a it, it is what it is flyer now. But yeah, I was a nervous flyer, and I would definitely be like, I'm gonna grab a drink at the bar before I take this flight. It might be turbulent. Maybe it's stormy outside. Let me grab that drink. Kind of take the edge off. Does it take the edge off? Yeah, I mean yeah. it worked. But I think I think over time I started to sort of have this grander appreciation for like what the airport bar is. So, do you? So what, okay, yeah, go uh, ahead. Just Jill. this is a stupid question, so let's get it out of the way. Um, do you think there's a future where certain states there's airport dispensaries? Mm, good one. 
Yeah, so I recently heard that there's almost the equivalent of a bar for smoking uh, marijuana in LA. So, so it's I already exists. That, yeah, so there's I something in go. LA. I think it's in West <laughs> Hollywood. Um, and yeah, why not? I feel like in the future that might certainly happen. So wait, it's in West Hollywood, meaning what is in West Hollywood? Like the dispensary that's themed no, I, as a like. I no. think I've heard of it. It's like a, a, you could go there and smoke and they also have like edibles and you can just sit there and hang out because at dispensaries, oh. they don't want you sitting there and hanging out. Gotcha. I've, I've been told many times, <laughs> Joe, please leave. <laughs> um, yep. that, no, it's literally that. It's, it's just a bar except for instead of drinking, people are smoking. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But now we're adding planes in the vicinity to it and... That's a whole new level. Yeah, and stinking up the plane. Because, yeah, you stink after smoking. <laughs> you know, so so that's edibles problem. only, maybe, then? Yeah. Or vapes. Yeah, yeah, vapes. Wow. So what is it that, uh, besides of the thing that it, like, fixes, right? Uh, it fixes, like, the fear or nervousness. Or it sounds like you transcended that. But let's say there was a Rachel in the past who was not happy about flying and that was a fix, but what does it add to your life besides just fixing? Yeah, so I totally love what Joe said. There is this permission quality, right? So it doesn't matter what time of day it is, even the people that are coming through the bar, who knows what time zone they're on, right? So you kind of get rid of that shame element. Um, but I think really that I don't know if you guys are like kind of I know it's my job to convince you and I'm going to try to like muster all of my persuasive energies, <laughs> but but there is like more than just this permission to have like a cocktail at 10 a.m. It's this idea that you're with all these strangers coming from completely who knows where they're coming from. You're doing whatever you're doing and no one actually feels like essentially a real version of themselves you're just this like <gasps> wow travel you're just this traveling shadow of yourself mm. and so oh my you god kind of, killing it <laughs> you kind of you know i don't know where else you achieve that kind of state except for traveling through an air through an airport and then you add that layer of like yeah altered altered mental state because even if you are in the whatever the fancy like frequent mile, frequent mile, whatever person club, right? Like, which I, for the first time, got to go last time I flew. I was, you know, super lucky. But you're still not happy, like, in this transition. Like, you're still not, the, like you're saying, the best version or, like, even the everyday version of yourself. You're still the person who has, like, bags somewhere near you and also probably in the belly of the airplane that may or may not make it to the destination, you may or may not be thinking about the turbulences, about just like uh, the stickiness, stickiness of being on the on the on the plane. I, I mean, yeah, this is such truth that like we're looking at these people. I mean, I'm looking. I'm a writer, right? So I'm looking around, judging all these people. But like, who am I? I am just but a shadow of myself. And that's uh, it's. So this is kind of a a trite sentiment but that i recently latched onto. i was watching a youtuber who does like kind of man on the street stuff and he was constantly acting weird and then telling his cameraman like i'm never gonna see these people again like i don't give a fuck mm. like what they think of me 
And Ooh. for some reason, just like the combination of how entertaining the video is with him repeating that, it really got to me, even though that's something we've heard before, right? Like, don't worry about what people think. You'll never see them again. But I think that's in nowhere more true feeling than at the airport because mm -hmm. everybody's in transit. It's It really feels like you'll never see these people again. So you can be whoever you want to be act however you want and it feels fine kind of like in vegas you feel that way too because nobody feels real there they're just kind of like passing through yep there's a travel anonymity i would definitely say that now is that the kind of travel anonymity that creates a good setup for conversations with strangers totally i think that that is one of the charms of the airport bar is that you can talk to someone and they probably, because of the cross-section of the air traveling public, you probably have nothing in common with them, except for the fact that you guys are both sitting, you know, a foot away from each other, watching whatever games on TV and ordering uh, that double drink that the bartender offers you. Always offers a double. <laughs> always, always. That's why I love the movie theater bar as well, AMC specifically. Never do you get asked as much if you want to make it a double than there and at the airport. Oh, because it's like a long time that you're stuck in the mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah, they're yeah, used yeah. to that. But you're like, no, I'm not even seeing a movie, baby. I'm <laughs> just doubling. I just have so in problems. My, in, my defense, in my defense of airport bars, by the way, Sasha, I just want to clarify that the airport lounges do not qualify. Ooh. Okay. Interesting take. Uh, they're too you, exclusive, huh? Is Do explain, it? yeah. Yeah, so there's definitely the exclusivity element. I also think they give the drinks for free. Uh -huh. So it kind of removes that traditional, um, just sort of that traditional dynamic because people mm -hmm. are in there to, I don't know, just kind of sit quietly, do their report on their laptops, send some emails. Like, I want to see the people belly up at the bar ordering, you know, $18 rail drinks. Okay. Have you hit up lots of lounges in your day? I've been through a few lounges. Absolutely. Okay. All right. They they lack the they lack the same organ organic kind of charm. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the exclusivity causes distance between the people there that go in there because yeah. they're all yeah, like no just doing their thing. Nobody's talking to anybody. They're just all sending their emails for their important corporate so jobs. So many business emails going on. Oh, yeah. Or, so or having, having some loud conversations so everyone knows how important they are. In Italian. Sure. In Italian. <laughs> and all you can hear is like Google being said every once in a while. Like, Google. <laughs> That's how you know. Yep. Exactly. All right. So um, any specific like set pieces come to mind to you rachel i, I kind of want to know just to start the bedrock of it is bedrock, do you remember baby. your first time yeah, there you go first time everybody remembers the first time <laughs> i don't remember if my first time but i do remember an early time so i was i started out my legal career i didn't want to talk this much about being a lawyer but anyway yeah I started out my legal career in Washington, D.C., and I was flying at a BWI, which is the Baltimore uh, Washington International Airport. Ooh. And I think I was like, 
hey, I don't like flying. I think people who are adults go to airport bars and have a drink before they fly. So I'm pretty sure I ordered a screwdriver. Oh my god! <laughs> Which I laugh because it's a, it's a yeah it's a t- Joe gets it. It's a terrible drink. It's, it's easy orange- though. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it involves orange juice, and I think it was maybe earlier in the morning. Mm, so yeah, healthy. it was like I think it was a <laughs> one of those Phillips um, kind of seafood themed restaurants where I drank probably an awful uh, screwdriver. Yeah, it's never the top shelf or even shelf. It's like whatever, right? It's like the vodka that has a vaguely Russian last name that you never heard before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a totally. in the OJ, who knows what OJ that is? Oh yeah, it's just like the whatever. It's just the color is like artificial, <laughs> and the, yeah, there's some uh, pieces yeah. of toilet paper floating in. But uh, <laughs> but do you think Rachel that speaking of, like you say you don't want to talk about your old life as a lawyer, but your new life as a writer, right? So do you think that having this recognition recognition of how special are these islands right when you meet this other people and you all look like in a different state and maybe there's some conversations arise do you think that that's how you one of the ways that you connected to the fact that you are indeed a writer because i mean this is what we do right we people watch you know like we can't help but come up with stories about them yes that's a great question so i definitely think that since i've transitioned into doing writing that I see the value of these kinds of observations and experiences in a different way than I did before. So I think I had like a vague awareness when I go to the airport. Yeah, you know, airports are kind of known for people watching, but maybe I'm more fascinated by these unique spaces and the interactions they create because of the writing lens that I have now, for sure. And now you have an excuse to be like, I'm stalking these people. I'm watching them. I'm pretending to be somebody else because I'm a freaking yeah. writer. Yeah, there you go. Although I don't know if I, I've ever pretended to be someone else, but that sounds like something. That's the next, the, the next thing. Yes, the next time. Joe, uh, do you ever get you know people watchy and uh, come up with stories about them? I'm sure you do. So this is where I specifically to airport bars reveal something. I've... Ugh. I've fallen Scared off them a, find out. a little bit Whoa. because I don't want to pee on while I'm on the plane. I really don't like using the restroom on the plane, so I try to dehydrate myself when I take a flight. This is like a turn I did not anticipate yeah. and nothing really that I had to do with the question I asked <laughs> but I love it so w- first of all what is the fear is it just you don't like the small how small the bathroom is you don't like to walk during turbulence you don't want to be shut out of the world when we're going down on the plane and you're uh, flopping around and beating your head over in the in the tiny toilet room it's just the like okay if I have the end seat it's fine but mm-hmm. sometimes you don't know what seat you're in or you know you're in the middle or the thing. Most of the time you don't. And then you have to get, you have to make uh, one or two other people get up, <laughs> go, and then go to the restroom. And then you have to make them get up again. Are you a fellow window lover? I'm, like, I'm a window lover. I don't care, except oh. I don't like the window or the middle for the bathroom reason. Sure. I don't like having to feel that need to pee and then you're like, well, shit. Now this person's like in the middle. Yeah, they're of, never happy. Of watching women talking. They're sleeping. 
and sleeping at the same time. Yeah. Well, oh, if they're sleeping, yeah. you're screwed. So <laughs> I used to love having quite a few drinks before a flight, even one on the flight. And I've fallen off of that because I just don't want to deal with the restroom thing. Because your bladder shrunk and you're flying way further than you used to, the distances. I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's, it's all of it. I thought I had hangups, but yeah, I don't mind asking someone to uh, like just a gentle nudge, like, "Hey, I have to go to the oh, bathroom." Oh, really? Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just the way you did it. I would not judge you for that. Joe, jo, could you just do that thing? Like, I'm sleeping, and hey, go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, it's yeah. like I know it's not a big deal, but then you know, you have you have your headphones, you, they have theirs, you have all this shit, and you're just like, it's just a mess. And whenever you know somebody cannot hear you the first time, it already impedes the whole desire to talk to the person. Like if you know they're going to definitely ask, what, what? This is already a problem. Yeah. It, you have to repeat it twice, say it more aggressive the second time. So that isn't quite answering your question, but I had to get that off my chest about airport well, There's bars. not a lot on your chest now. You're barely dressed. <laughs> You're barely wearing any clothes. Uh, you don't know my bottoms situation. I could have. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I could have long johns and pants on. So <laughs> overcompensating <laughs> yeah. for the top. Yeah, if you have a light top, then you need heavy bottoms, and vice versa. But you know, this <laughs> vice is versa. <laughs> this, this is, is why we nowhere. need video for the audience. But anyways, <laughs> forget about me and forget every, about everything you. I've said. Rachel, what was the most like meaningful? Or like even memorable. Let's all just go around the room, Rachel. Most importantly, like you, what is it the most interesting or one of the most interesting conversations or people that come up when you think of airport bars? So the most interesting anecdote that comes up when I think about airport bars is actually more related to what the airport bar resulted in. So <laughs> it sounds like an FAA violation, but no, I, um, I was traveling with some work colleagues Illegal. we were, we were flying out of, I think it was O'Hare in Chicago and there is just this massive delay and we were flying back into DC. And so there's this rule in DC where because of the air, um, the noise of the flights landing, if your flight's going to get in after a certain time, then it's just canceled. So we ended up having our flight like bumped and moved and whatever it was, all this drama was happening. And there was a bar like literally sharing a wall with the gate. And so we were trying to fly standby for this new flight that they put us on. And it was me and a couple of colleagues and we we're like, well, we have to wait at least a couple of hours. What do you do but go to the bar, right? So we went to the bar and I guess we violated some rule because you can't fly standby if you've left the gate. Oh. So, we had a couple of drinks, we came back over, and this was, as a side note, this was like back in the day where it was like, they were making those Homeland Security announcements, and they're mm -hmm. like, it is threat level orange, and people are just, oh, I think, yeah. a little more intense about the rules. So we came back over, and they're like, you can't get on this flight, you weren't in the gate. So anyhow, um, now follow me, I know this is like going a little long, but... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> so they go, look, we're going to have to have security come over to talk to you guys. So I was like, okay, you know, this is a little bit ridiculous. We're just trying to get home. Wait a few minutes. 
I turn around, there's a guy standing behind me. He's short. He has kind of like a sort of a military haircut. Oh, wearing cool. a blue. <laughs> I, I think a, I know where it's going, but keep going. Wearing a black jacket and he's got an ear an earpiece in. And I turn around and I go, search me. <laughs> <laughs> this was just a regular with my fellow just like traveler. An, just an attitude, right? Because I'm just like, this is so dumb. You know, whatever time it is, like 1130 at night, whatever it is. And uh, he goes something like, that's a little Ford, but I like it. Yes, Sasha, you you stole the thunder of my punchline. It was just a regular traveler. <laughs> and we did get on that flight, thankfully. Oh, good. And I, I was sitting next to him on the flight. Oh, <laughs> Did he, like, shut down? Or did he, like talk to you and become... no he was just he was super chill guy he was just like oh hey what's up you know <laughs> great wow, uh, that's amazing yeah i i have to yeah no i'll save it for the ratings i don't want to get into a tangent uh that is important and personal to me do you think either of you in the world where you're single doesn't matter what you're current either of you as if I don't know, situation is, do you think you could fall in love with somebody on the, in the, in the bar at the airport? Or do you think they're all like not real people? I think like, you could, but then it's heartbreaking, could? right? Because then you start to get, oh, where do you live? Oh, you live in Wisconsin. Cool. Well, this isn't never going to work. <laughs> so what do we do? But you know, I think there's always those fantasies, right? If you're at a a, a bar or an airport bar or whatever. Traveling then, alone, single, yeah. Yeah, then you see someone and you're like, oh my gosh, is that the person? Do I want to have sex <laughs> with that person? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a pervert. Maybe. Uh, we know the answer to that. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? Yeah, I don't think that that's... I would not think that you could meet someone like the meet cute and have it be happily ever after from airport bar because <laughs> I am I am such a believer in like this it it's not real it's just this altered space yeah the space for you to create characters it literally is like exists just for that yeah I feel like if anything if I'm like single out in the loose by myself traveling. I would be like too easy falling in love with people at the airport bars. Like I don't know, just because it is such a like inexplicable space where people seem vulnerable and there's like a searching look in their eyes. I don't know. Open, bored, and mm -hmm. all these things. But I lying, think lying about their status. Yeah, they could be. I think that's why it's dangerous to like fall in love on vacation too. You're not getting that person as they are. You're getting like the best version of that person. Mm. Them at the most relaxed, oh, massaged, and, happy. and the, yeah, yeah, and like hydrated. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, camp, summer camp? Same, right? Yeah, you're not you at summer camp. Mm -mm. No. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. No, it's just these artificial spaces. I totally agree. Wow, the artificial spaces. Or <gasps> something like it's there's like a short this is like a world where we're all write like a short story book collection about artificial spaces. <laughs> that is pretty great. It, yeah. I mean and I think that you've got to be 
careful of all those like even at a party a lot of people meet someone at a party and it's like oh man it was they were perfect and all this it's like yeah they were drunk you were drunk you all were loose having a good time yeah. go go actually hang out with them then you go on a date and it's actually not that great so is it the apps that they answer <laughs> i mean i, I don't know because i still think it's Best to meet people, and I might. I met my wife at a party, so what am I? <laughs> what am I saying? Yeah, I met in the. I met my husband in the wrong context completely. Like I was interviewing him for a job. Um, so yeah, none of this power makes dynamics. Any sense. Wow, I know. Uh, but then I put on. This is very stalky of me, right? The truth comes out, and my father-in-law listens to all of the episodes of Shut Up, I Love It, so he knows way more. A about great man. Life. Oh, great man, Roger, fan of the show former guest and to become a guest once again just waiting for that yay from him roger uh shout out but yeah no like definitely and then so like then i was fell in love with jay right like after interviewing him and i was like i'm gonna make a party just to invite him to the party at my apartment oh, that's in cute. new york that's really stocky and it worked out so sometimes you have to do stocky things i'm just saying <laughs> Which brings me back to stalking people at airport bars or just in general. So, I, I, I don't. Know, I feel like it just. I, I just gotta put it put put it out there so that then it comes up back in the ratings. So, my closest thing to airport bars to me, which is not airport and not bars, but it's like same feelings that I have that I feel like maybe Rachel you have about that space. It's Trans-Siberian Railroad. So I grew up in Siberia. And like anytime you go anywhere, growing like where I was growing up, there's no money to get on the plane. Although I've you know, taken the plane to go to Moscow. It's like, whatever, four days to go to Moscow on the train. So, but like to go visit grandma is like 48 hours or 36. So you, I took a lot of trains, but also took to Moscow, which is like really like half a week you spend on the train. And it's like insane. You see like the weather, whatever constantly so there's no like closed doors on the cheap uh trains that i took growing up there's no closed doors there's uh the like the whatever the second class or whatever is i don't know what it's called where like people are everywhere like you smell their socks their cooked eggs that they brought with them like hard-boiled eggs from three days ago like they it's like a really strange place and everybody's telling their life story to each other. It's insane. This is like pre-internet. Like I am, you know, talking Siberia before internet, mm. which is four years ago. No, uh. <laughs> <laughs> the good one. But yeah, but it's like, I still remember when I was going to Moscow to visit my friend, or I can't remember what, actually I was with my friend uh, going to, I think, visit his like Moscow were like staying at his place, whatever. But I was like 16 years old and I was talking to this, what I thought was older couple in their 20s about Lolita, Nabokov's Lolita, right? The book. Mm -hmm. And I remember this girl like schooled me. She's like, this is a per like perverse book. Like you should never read it. Or you're too young to read it. Like I still like with pain, like with so much pain remember how she schooled me and i hope like she's out there listening she's not there's no there's no way <laughs> um but it's like an example of like we got so close after like being in the same tiny space with these people the four of us you know for four days smelling each other's socks gosh you guys are just really 
going to town smelling each other's socks. There's no ventilation. I mean, your short your short story collection has got to start or be called Trans Siberian Railroad. Yeah, love that. Oh, dude, it's like the craziest thing. Like I probably like lived through. Like people like, oh, I want to take Trans Siberian Railroad. Yeah, like I've taken it, which is like broke, no money, like Soviet Union, like at the time where people only had hard-boiled eggs and it's it's insane like rich rich memories but that brings me like to the same like nostalgia kind of like strangers connecting mood and like intimate kind of close space but only like longer term because you're on the train and a lot of people are drinking trust me everybody's getting drunk there everyone's getting drunk it's russia it's insane um but yeah i just have to bring that up that it's like a parallel universe out there where people are doing just that. Yeah, we got to take you, Rachel, to the Trans-Siberian Express and see how you like the bars there. <laughs> yeah, I would love it. That would be amazing. Does it still exist, Sasha? Is there, did the train yeah. still run to Moscow? Yeah, I really, it definitely does. I just wonder if this like cheap version exists because the cheap version is that you you know like any train like you see like for example like an agatha christie you know movie like who killed you know like this person on the train mm-hmm. that kind of like who done it you always like oh it's a shot of like the detective walking down the like a hallway right on in the car of the train and say to the to the right is like the windows they see like you know the sights and to the left are these rooms where you mm-hmm. knock on the door person open up and there's like two people usually there so that's the fancy version that I'm afraid only that that's all that exists there. But that's like a fancy version could never afford that. I'm talking about you walk through this same hallway. Everything's the same. No doors, <laughs> bunk beds. So on the left, you have where there's two people in the fancy car. You have every pod. You have four people, like older people, like hanging off the bunk beds. And sometimes I've seen people on the third level, which is where the... <laughs> Which is where the suitcases go. Also, sometimes you see people (laughs) hanging off, too. And in that narrow hallway that you're walking down, to the right, you have bunk beds, too. So you can't even get by. And this is where, like, the really, like, the socks and the hard-boiled eggs uh, mix (laughs) together. (laughs) It's, like, really something to live through. Oh, my God. And you did it a lot. (laughs) It's... I did it a lot, and I feel like that's a big... This is, like, a different life. Like, this is a big part of, like, what made me, you know, whatever the fuck came off me. Eggs and socks. <laughs> Eggs and socks, right? <laughs> that is the second story in the <laughs> <laughs> And just a, in the book. a quick bit, one of my favorite photos ever is of Bradley Cooper with his then-girlfriend Suki Waterhouse at the mm. park, both uh, him reading her Lolita, the book. And at that point, he was, I think, 36, and she was 18. So it's just an amazing photo. (laughs) You can't get any better than a 36-year-old guy reading his 18-year-old girlfriend, Lolita. But, Rachel, as far as when you're at the bar, uh, do you you make sure to make time before your flights to Mm. sit there? Is that accounted for you? Yeah, so I would say that's a great question. (laughs) The only thing that disrupts me being in this like liminal metaphysical space is the idea that I just don't want to miss my flight. So I am kind of obsessively looking at my 
it, you know, is it boarding now? What's the mm-hmm. status? You got to make that restroom stop before you get on the, the plane. So that does kind of disrupt the, uh, the otherwise altered state. So do you, yeah. you, you'll go there. How, like when your flight's at 10 AM, when are you trying to show up at the airport? Okay, so that's all going to be life dependent, right? So it depends on what I have going on. I do not, to be clear, make special time to go to the airport bar. But you look forward to it. Yeah, I look forward to when the opportunities naturally present themselves from the universe, right? The universe. Mm -hmm. So I was was flying from LA back to Florida a couple months ago, and my flight got delayed like six hours. Horrible. That's a long time. Horrible. I was, I was actually very disappointed about it. I was supposed to go to a family dinner, and I was really looking forward to it. Oof. But I took solace at the uh, airport bar. How many drinks did you have? Let's say two. Oh, it's nothing. Let's say that. Let's say that it. Sounds- That's a two doubles, though. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you know it is. <laughs> we love a double. Uh, airport bars. Uh, in, can I just say, like, the, like, what's the quality of the service that you expect there, Rachel? <laughs> So the, the folks that work at airports, I'm sure they're amazing individuals, but there is not this, I mean, because from their perspective, right, it's not real either. <laughs> they're not going to see you again. No. You're not the customer that's going to, I mean, maybe if you're like a traveling salesman that like flies this route yeah. every Thursday, whatever, but mostly there's no service, right? Yeah. And you see probably a lot more of like the vulnerable true self of the human behind the job in those situations yeah it's not a bartender it's like the mother of four who had to (laughs) freaking get up to be here at 6 a.m at the freaking airport selling drinks yep and it uh a little bit of the sort of fantasy is is shattered because you can see their little like airport badge that they have that's like you know dipping into your drink as they like (laughs) (laughs) into your oj yeah, and like exactly. I think whenever I look at airport um, employees of any kind, I just think of the pain in the ass it takes them to get to work. Oh, me too. Yeah, because you know they're like locally live just wherever, and then they have to drive through the crowd of people. Yeah, like and yeah, probably park off site, mm-hmm. take a bus take a in, bus. then walk through. I'm always thinking about that. Same with mall employees. And when someone mm. door dashes from a mall restaurant, I'm like, you should be tried in criminal mm. court, which will maybe you can try some of these people for me, Rachel, that we can the past self, do for the, that. The former Rachel. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll get in a time machine or something. I'll go in an airplane <laughs> and backwards really fast. I think that's how it works. But I always think, like, what are you doing? That's the most pain in the ass for this DoorDash driver to park at the mall, walk into the food court, like don't even list those restaurants don't um well it feels like a natural organic may i say place to go to the ratings yeah i see some nods i'll Joe, i trust you can i tell people how the ratings work? i wish you would <laughs> the ratings work this way you rate the topic of this said episode, uh, you, the guest, me, Joe, everybody, uh, we rate uh, each against something else that they want to compare it to on a zero to 10 scale. 
why you compare it to that thing? You're gonna explain it. I don't know why, but there is a reason. How was that? I don't know about that. Uh, you were Not criticizing great. me heavily about starting weak and then finishing strong on some stuff, and I'm not sure. <laughs> but I think like it was, it was setting up the ratings as like for as bad as they really are. Like you know what I mean? It wasn't trying to make it sound better. <laughs> sure, yeah. The rating system, they are yeah, what it's they bad. Are. But, and they if that doesn't are. make sense, Sasha no. and I will go first. I'll just go first because I already spoke about Trans-Siberian Railroad for a while, which that experience with socks and eggs, eggs inside the socks, socks inside the eggs, all of that, <laughs> it's more difficult, more Ooh, difficult. Yeah. yeah, you gotta like cut the egg open and you know, it's a whole process. Um, you, you know, I for me, it's it's like a nostalgic feeling and like, Shock, like shocking how little comfort was in that experience but oh boy the uh closeness to these people who are not real and probably drinking young like underage drinking as well definitely made up for it all for the lack of comfort and the sense of adventure added to the sense of adventure which i would argue airport bars do as well so but trans-siberian railroad back in a day uh would give it a an eight airport bars hey if they keep me not scared shitless on the plane then they're doing a good job i'll give them a 7.5 all right nice joe what about you all right i'm gonna rate it on the scale of um like uh off or i guess the term let's say off broadway play bars or like you know, like community oh, okay. theater bars, where they have some wine, maybe beer, usually just wine, and it's you know like fifteen dollars <laughs> for a glass of not even a full pour, but you're like, uh, I gotta get through this somehow, so I need to get a drink. Improv theaters too, right? Yeah, even though improv theaters, I feel like at least the the ones I've been to. Like there was I we don't need to get into it, but IO had a bar. That was kinda different. UCB didn't have alcohol. But indie My shows, daughter did have a bar. What did? Sorry. My daughter. Her name is Io. Oh right. Sorry. Right. It all That's comes good. together now. Doxing your own <laughs> daughter. But uh uh indie shows were great because you could just keep grabbing cans. But yeah, there's just like going to a play and you're like, I have this glass of fifteen dollar wine. It doesn't really feel appropriate to get up in the middle of the show and get another one. This sucks. Just don't even offer it type of thing. I'm going to give those a 3 out of 10. Uh, airport bars, though, I think they're a part of a necessary part of culture. I actually think society would collapse without them. Uh, it would be a madhouse wow. there. I really do. I think if those shut down it would be bad you would have a lot of so like people the crazy there. travelers would go insane i think so yeah it would people yeah, wouldn't yeah. know what to do with their energy there oh or at least the people who do go to the bar they wouldn't know what to do with their energy i, I think they're very important um even if it's not the best place to like mm -hmm. go have a drink necessarily but that's kind of the point so i'll give them a eight out of ten most importantly, Rachel, what about you? Yeah, so I am going to rate airport bars against the 
innovation that is aviation and human travel through flight. Ooh. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna rate the technology of flight <laughs> and its impact on all of humanity, making the world smaller. I'm gonna rate that a ten out of ten. Ooh, it's changed That's... all of our lives and human history, and. I'm gonna rate airport bars a nine out of ten. Oh, they go hand in hand, really. Wow. Because they're they're just almost there. Wow. And why do they get the point taken off? Uh, because I respect science. Right. There's not a lot of science and yeah. getting drunk. <laughs> Bar science. Shout out to John Taffer, friend of the show. Mm, friend of the show, for real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing! Wow! <laughs> Amazing! Uh, what a what a what a! I hope John Taffer is happy uh, having listened to this episode. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on. Shut up! I love it. Thank you guys Finally. so much for having me. Yeah, I love listening to this show. So this has been awesome. Thank you. Uh, do you have anything going on? Do you want to talk to us about any plugs, any life plugs, any social media plugs, dog plugs? Uh, I'm gonna throw out a plug for toy poodles, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm at Rachel etc on Instagram. So R A C H A E L E T C. There you go, Joe. What about you? What's going on? Oh, sometimes we play these out of order, but I've been hyping up a animated show that I'm working <laughs> on privately, and we've had some hiccups and some hookups, if I'm being honest, <laughs> that have uh, slowed it down. But we're back on track in a big way. It's coming. This show is coming soon. So go to And by tracks, you mean aviation as a invention in humanity. Yes, I mean a flight yeah. path. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm still in Providence as we speak. There's gunshots outside. Life is good. Um, just hoping I make it out in one piece. So I'm going to plug the city of uh, Providence, yeah. Rhode Island. <laughs> for this episode. Go fly This there. was going to be my thing. My, yeah, my thing is going to be going forward, just plug in the one thing that's just, just out there in my life. And I, <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this awesome track. And thank you for listening.